Hello guys, great to see you all and to be here today. Uh, to sort of get us started off on the same page, I thought I'd just uh, introduce a project that I've been working on now with, for a long time with a video clip, so we all uh, know what we're going to talk about the next uh, 15 minutes. A Norwegian tech site called... All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. So what you just saw is a glimpse of uh, some of the massive media attention that we garnered last year. And it's one of hundreds of news stories like this. Um, and the cause was, as Hannah said in the clip, a uh, comment section quiz uh, that we've called No to Comment. And the basic idea is, as she explained, that readers have to prove that they have read an article in order to post a comment on it. And I work in a small newsroom in uh, the Norwegian public broadcaster just across the border here from Sweden. Uh, and we're around five people working with uh, writing uh, news stories, and we never expected this sort of attention on just a small experiment that we did on just a few stories. So today I'm going to share my experience of solving some hugely complex problems with a very simple solution. And it all starts with audience interaction. And following this seismic shift in our industry, going from paper to digital, uh, many people saw a comment section as a very promising place for interaction with our audience and for general debate. But sadly, a lot of media organizations, they didn't really tend to these comment sections. They had really no strategy for how to involve them in the product. And a lot of them ended up very yeah, bad places that were uh, uh, caused uh, organizations to shut down these comment sections. Uh, but then, when social media sort of arrived, there was this idea that they could fix this problem for us, and that if we just hand over our audience, they could facilitate the debate, right? Uh, but it turns out that today's social media giants, they didn't really fix that problem, they just scaled it really well. And perhaps we should have known all along, because the clues were there, uh, that this uh, would happen, that they would break this promise that they've sort of given us. And... Preparing for this talk, I revisited the slickly produced employee handbook that Facebook put out in 2015 to look for some clues. And on one of the pages, they show Rupert Murdoch, and he's sort of embodying this notion of the traditional, old-school media, right? And they sort of challenge this, and they, Facebook rhetorically asks, but what happens when everyone can put out their message in front of a lot of people, when the playing field is level? And their answer to this is... When everyone has a printing press, the ones with the best ideas are the ones people listen to. And I'm not saying that traditional media was always perfect, but I guess that we now know that Facebook's take on the printing press, it wasn't the best idea to get the best ideas. And Facebook has all these opaque policies, right? And they have a pretty transparent business model of just flattening everything and rewarding interaction. And that's great if you dig outrage and anger. Because now we have all these complex social issues and debate that are sort of churned through the social media funnel. And that's led us to a pretty rough debate. And it's a debate that happens on platforms that rewards invoking strong feelings, such as shock and anger. And it has been of huge financial benefit for the social platforms, but arguably it hasn't been as good for the society and for public debate. So not too long ago, I was pretty fed up with this. Uh, I had enough. And that's uh, where my journey with the truly simple problem solving started. As I said, I work at NRK Beta. It's a tech editorial and R&D lab. Uh, and I remember a time not too long ago, I guess it was up until two, three years ago, 
when writing about technology and technology in general, it wasn't really controversial. Technology was sort of a neutral force, and technologically, technological progress was just unisonly good for everyone. And perhaps you all remember this. It's almost like a dream now, because society and technology, we just got along so great. Uh, but then, a few years later, suddenly this sort of bubble of harmony, it just burst. And now the whole tech scene is in a hot seat. <laughs> And they have to answer for what the industry did and did not do uh, when their tech was used in all these different malicious ways. And this is not just suck, as we have seen recently, uh, but a small five-person tech editorial team in Norway, we feel this shift too. And an example that sort of started all this for me was when my colleague Henrik, uh, he discovered that pictures of young girls were being shared on this boys' forum online. And he wrote about how some young men chose to make use of technological progress that they've been given to spread intimate pictures of other people. Uh, and since the NRK reaches a large audience, a lot of people saw this story. Um, and many were naturally pretty outraged by it. And it's no surprise then that our comment section, uh, it ended up looking something like this. And fascinatingly, we were pretty late to the poor comment section party that the rest of the media industry have been going to for many years already. We actually run a healthy comment section for around 10 years now, and we run it openly together with our readers, discussing its development and its policies with them. And as a response to this experience of a poor comment section, really for the first time, we did what we always do when we face a complex problem at NRK Beta, we write a story about it, and we try to develop the solution to it together with our audience. And the story, it was called, What Can You Learn From Meeting the Comment Section From Hell? And this time, our editor, he asked our audience for their thoughts and what they thought we could uh, do to sort of mend this situation. But of course, we don't rely on our audience for everything. We also do some thinking ourselves. And around six months after this had taken place, one morning I was getting ready for work, I was in Norway in the shower, and then I had this epiphany, uh, or shower thought, as we call it these days. And what about a quiz? Could the solution be as simple as a quiz? Just a quiz on our most controversial stories, or at least the ones that we could predict would be controversial. That readers would have to prove that they read the story in order to post a comment, to know what the story is about. And I biked to work in around 15 minutes. I was rapidly prototyping in my head. And when I got to work, I spoke to Hendrik, who incidentally also is a very talented coder, if he could help me build something like this. And in about three hours' time, he had a working prototype up and running. And we can take a look at how it looks, because this is also from one of Hendrik's stories. It's a story about GPS interference in the Black Sea. Uh, and it's, of course, a long investigative piece of journalism. It's really nice and interesting, so of course you get to the bottom where the comment sections start. And this one has over 100 comments, so it's a lot of engagement. And as you scroll down, perhaps you feel that you want to contribute something yourself. And then you're faced with this, yeah, three-question, multiple-choice quiz. If you get something wrong, you're, you can't comment. You get a message saying you have to try again. And if you get it right, voila, access is granted to our comment section. And these are really super simple questions. We can look at an example from one of our, the first one we ever published. Uh, and the question up top there is saying, we want to make sure that everyone commenting has. And the options are read the whole story, uh, skim the story, or read the headline. And of course, as you now know, uh, it's uh, that we want people to read the whole story. So that would be the correct answer to that question. 
And we think of this more as a speed bump than a roadblock because we don't want to shut anyone else out from our comment section. Uh, so I wonder, perhaps, if any one of you sitting here in the audience today have ever written an email or a text late at night when you were pretty angry. Perhaps someone know that feeling. Wouldn't it be nice if I was there with you and I said, hey, just relax a bit, all right? We can slip on this and we'll look at it tomorrow. And it's sort of that idea that we want to do in just the span of 10 seconds to give people a little breather after they read something, to think things over for a short moment. And hopefully it will turn people from more angry and trigger-happy people to more rational-thinking people that perhaps would adjust their behavior somewhat online. And for us, this is just a new tool in our toolbox for audience interaction. It's not the one solution, or I'm not saying even that this is right for everybody. But for ours, or a complex problem of facing a poor comment section from time to time, this seemed like a very decent and, yeah, simple solution. And like we always do when we do a new experiment, we wrote about it and told our readers. Uh, this is a story we put out. It's called An, Exper an ex uh, Experiment for an Even Better Comment Section. And 99% of the feedback we got was just extremely over-the-top positive. Everyone was just loving this. And some even wanted it to be mandatory for sharing an article on social media, too, which we suggested onwards, but we haven't heard back. So uh, we'll, we're still waiting for that one. But other feedback was more heartwarming. Uh, one reader left us a comment that ended like this. It said, kind regards someone writing in a comment section for the first time in 10 years with new optimism. And stuff like that is really powerful to read, and it's so cool that people are that positive. But that was just the, when the ball started rolling for us. Because not long after, Neiman Lab at Harvard, sort of this trend site for journalism that I guess a lot of you know already, uh, they picked up on it and wrote an article. And after that, my phone just blew up. And there were so many calls, mainly from journalists who, A, wanted to know what this was all about, how it was working, and two, wanted to write a story about it. And I think I can send you so many articles in every major language because they just kept rolling in. And we have at least four from Sweden. I know Sveriges Radio, Aftonbladet, SVT, and Resume. So thank you very much for that. And but there, the fascinating thing is that it's just such a wide span of outlets. You have Le Monde, you have NPR, BBC, uh, Australia, Canada. Everyone was just chiming in. Even Breitbart, you might have seen them earlier today. They had a piece on this. And just mentions of the idea on social media it got tens and thousands of retweets and likes. And articles about our um, experiment it, uh, hit the front page on Reddit many times. And this sort of proves that it's not just journalists or media people who are interested in this sort of thing, but it has a broad appeal. And I think a lot of people would like to see a functioning comment section that's working and providing a healthy debate online. And due to all of this interest, uh, we decided to baptize the project No to Comment, and we open-sourced it on GitHub. So now it's free for anyone to use. Uh, and I thought I'd share a bit about our experience with having this uh, um, quiz activated on our news stories. And I brought some results here today. This is a random sample of stories that had the note to comment uh, activated. The red ones are the ones who failed the quiz, and the green ones are the ones who passed it, and the blue ones are the ones who actually left a comment afterwards. So as you can see here, there's a lot of red. Some of it is my fault, because on one quiz I forgot to say what was the correct answer, so nobody could pass the quiz, and people were just <laughs> frantically clicking, trying to get through it. And um, the other ones stem from this 
swath of international audience coming into a Norwegian website trying to answer a Norwegian quiz, that is also not a great idea to get a lot of correct answers. Uh, but as you can see, there is a lot of green, so a lot of people pass the quiz, and it's just so much more than those who actually commented. So this sort of uh, shows that people think this is a fun addition to after engaging with an article, spending some time reading it, they, they like to be tested afterwards. And a lot of people also leave us comments saying, yeah, just checking in if I got the quiz right. So it's, so it's obviously that this is going on. And on our part, this is sort of gamification by accident, which is pretty fun and something we'd like to explore a bit more further. But the, still, the question remains, after I've told you all this, uh, why aren't more sites using this? I have, haven't really seen this adopted anywhere else. And it sort of begs the question if perhaps this is just too, a too simple solution. And I think that the answer lies in our comment section, as it always does. Uh, because when we asked for help in the story I mentioned previously, the audience, they suggested all these super simple solutions. However, the approach for us working in the media industry on a day-to-day -day basis is usually a bit longer and more complex. And now, big outlets, they focus on advanced, scalable, artificial intelligence tools to sort of help the, the back end of content moderation and stuff like that. But most of our audience, they have little relationship to that side of technology and journalism. And all their suggestions were more practical and front-end design suggestions, like do like Reddit or give us the ability to hide a comment and its thread, stuff like that. And that is not a complex back-end system for content moderation, right? But their answers, they were based around the reality that they know and see every day. And I think a lot of us in the media business would sort of consider that the more simple stuff because we have a lot of pressing complex issues that we need to handle right now. So we don't have time for that stuff. So to wrap up, I think I'd like to encourage everyone to also try to think more about these simpler solutions to the complex problems. And our quiz is, is just a very visible hurdle. It's something that demands something from the user. And it clearly indicates that there's a grown-up in the room, someone's paying attention, and they could actually sanction you if you don't do what you're supposed to do. And it's sort of the fundamentally opposite thing of the more irresponsible and frictionless dream that our platform giants have put into motion, where they just want more data no matter the cost. And our hope for no to comment is sort of hoping that people will uh, behave better when they're facing this quiz. And hopefully... In time, this could also help improve public debate. And luckily, you're all welcome to try it. You can just see the link here to activate it on your website. And with that, I thank you very much for your attention and look forward to the Q&A.